what I worry about as a lifelong Republican is we are losing our young, not just physically in shootings and things like that, but politically. You mean within the party? Yeah, the Pew Research just came out this week. 65% of millennials are against, are against Trump. Stay um, tuned. That's just part of what's ahead in our bonus content. More conversation coming up after this week's edition of In Focus. Exploring the issues that matter most in Indiana. This is In Focus with Dan Spieler. Good morning. Today we're talking about the Indiana impact after another wild week in D.C. The White House facing multiple controversies, new details on the Russia probe, and a lawsuit with lurid details. But the president's also trying to turn the page, touting a potential deal and upcoming meeting with North Korea and a big decision on tariffs. The workers who poured their souls into building this great nation were betrayed. But that betrayal is now over. Well, trade matters, and it's, it's key to our future as it is theirs. And we talked about that uh, at the press conference, that partnership. I wake up every single day and try to take Indiana to the world and bring the world back to, to Indiana. And that, that means imports and exports. Governor Holcomb highlighting the importance of trade there with a lot of fellow Republicans concerned about a possible trade war. Some GOP lawmakers from Indiana writing the president to share their concerns. I spoke with Indiana Senators Todd Young and Joe Donnelly to talk about this tariff issue and other topics in the news this week. I think the president was right to recognize and, and uh, send a, a strong signal to uh, those countries that are violating uh, international uh, economic laws and, and also uh, the general economic order uh, as we've understood it for decades. When you have China, for example, uh, which owns its own steel mills, overproducing in those steel mills uh, and selling below production costs to try and run Indiana steel companies and, and uh, put Indiana steel workers out of business, uh, that's a real problem. And there has to be some action in retaliation to that. But we want to make sure that that action is very targeted. Because uh, for every steel worker, there are, there are multiple workers downstream. People taking that steel uh, or aluminum, as the case might be, and making things with it. We are the second, second most manufacturing intensive state in the country. So I favor a targeted approach focused uh, mostly on China because they're the worst actor and uh, one that recognizes uh, that we can't uh, lead to massive price increases in steel or aluminum or that's going to hurt our manufacturing sector. It will also hurt consumers and all of us are consumers of products that uh, contain these metals. So um, a balanced approach, a targeted approach and uh, my strong hope because I've, I've interacted with the president on this multiple times is that uh, we're going to end up in that spot in coming days. Gary Cohn's resignation this week reportedly brought on by this tariff debate. You had all kinds of different headlines this week at the White House. The Russia probe, the Daniels lawsuit, the president emphatically saying there is no chaos uh, in this White House. But from what you see, is this a White House uh, in chaos? Yeah, you know, I can't respectfully. What I'm hearing from Hoosiers is that they sent me to Washington, D.C. not to... Uh, opine about or, or talk a lot about what's happening at the White House, but instead to fight for their agenda. So they want an environment where more jobs are created, where they're safe and secure. But does all of this uh, other noise in the background make it harder 
uh, for Congress to pursue some of those policy initiatives? No, it doesn't for me personally. Um, I can't speak for some of my colleagues, but uh, it doesn't distract me. Uh, it certainly doesn't uh, in any way uh, deter me or frustrate me from advancing on behalf of Hoosiers. Uh, I'm a Marine, and uh, I was taught to focus uh, on the mission at hand, even under difficult circumstances. And uh, that's, uh, that's what I do up here as well. Senator Todd Young, thank you so much for talking with us today. We appreciate it. Thanks a lot, Dan. Here now with Senator Joe Donnelly. You're a big part of this bipartisan legislation in the Senate this week that would roll back some regulations on the banking industry and and credit unions. It's brought some praise and also some criticism on the left. What's this bill going to mean for the average Hoosier? Well, here's what it means for Indiana, is that it's targeted at community banks and credit unions. And what it does is... They are running a very safe and sound operation and will continue to do so. But in many cases, they've had three different regulators and they're doing the same thing three different times. What we're trying to do is make sure that those uh, safety uh, positions are still in place, but at the same time that instead of making the bank do it three or four times, that we only have them do it once. Senator Elizabeth Warren was very critical of you and other Democrats who are part of this legislation, including a number of Democrats, yourself among them, up for re-election this year. She said this bill wouldn't be on the path to becoming law without the support of Democrats like yourself. And she said the Senate has voted to increase the chances your money will be used to bail out big banks again. What's your response to that? It's absolute nonsense. I helped to write Dodd-Frank. I helped to make sure that our system was safe and secure as we moved forward. And this doesn't involve the big banks at all. All the restrictions we put in place on the biggest banks, on the cities, on the J.P. Morgans, on all of them, they remain. They're not even involved in this legislation. This is to help our rural communities, our underserved communities, that our community banks can make loans to the people who live in their county, who live in their area, and that they're not overwhelmed with federal regulations. That's what this is about. I want to get your reaction to the news at the White House this week on the president's call for tariffs on steel and aluminum. Indiana's a big producer of steel. Where, where do you stand on this proposal? Will it help steel producers here, or, or could it lead to an all-out trade war? Well, we don't have all of the details yet, but I can tell you that for many, many years, our steel producers in northwest Indiana have been competing with countries that have dumped their products um, here in the United States, that have sold their products at below their cost of manufacture, that have devalued their currencies. And so I've said for a long time what we need to do is make sure the market is fair so that everybody's playing by the same rules. Now, what exactly um, is going to be put in place, I'm not sure yet, but what I wanna see is just everybody playing by the same rules. I think that's fair. What about the way this was uh, rolled out and announced? Uh, All of this potentially leading to uh, Gary Cohn's resignation, according to a lot of reports, another week at the White House that has been described as chaotic, though the president emphatically said there is no chaos at the White House. From your perspective, is this White House in chaos right now? Well, it's a a unique time. Um, You know, I don't know how uh, they had planned to roll us out. Usually what you do is you let people know in advance so that there's an understanding so that it can be dealt with. Um, What I'd like to see is just certainty um, as to how this is going to be handled, trying to make sure that we we stand up for our industries, um, but at the same time we do it in a thoughtful, uh, sensible way. That's what we're shooting for. 
Senator Joe Donnelly, thank you so much for taking a few minutes with us today. We appreciate it. Thank you very much. Thank you. All right, more of those interviews on our website, plus our conversation with Andre Carson about tariffs, North Korea, and controversy in Iran. Meantime, this week, Senate candidate Todd Rokita says he's going to skip the Indiana Debate Commission's GOP debate. Up next, new ads, new polling in that race. Stick around. All right, here now with our panel, Tony Samuel was vice chair of the Indiana Trump campaign in 2016. Two former state lawmakers, Democrat Christina Hale, Republican Mike yeah. Murphy. Guys, this week the president said emphatically there is, quote, no chaos in the White House. But he had more news on the Russia probe, some strange interviews uh, with a former aide who at first said he's not cooperating with Mueller. This Stormy Daniels situation, the tariff debate, and another top advisor leaving the White House this past week. Is it chaos in your eyes? Well, I, I talk. I mean, I talk to people in Washington several times a week, um, and they tell me that uh, there is chaos there, and things are slowly spinning out of control. That that Trump's inner circle is leaving. There's going to be apparently big news coming out about Jared Kushner. Trump is is separating himself from his own son-in-law by saying he doesn't know him very well, and then uh, Barry McCaffrey, the retired general, came out was it last Friday and said. That Trump is losing connection to reality, this is not going to end well. Tony, I'm sure you have a different take on things. Well, yeah, a little bit. I mean, th there you could call it chaos, but it's outside the White House. There are still all kinds all of, of things. It? A lot of it is well. There are folks that have House, left, right? sure, but but uh, there's so much work that's gotten done in this last year, and we go over it. Over, you know, jobs announcements and and uh, the, the tax reform and just I could go on and on we don't have time again for all, all the successes a sitting president but, in legal trouble but with a porn the star? the <laughs> media <laughs> is gonna keep picking on everything so there's a lot swirling around out here but there's a lot of work getting done in the White House as for Jared Kushner the president did send him down to Mexico to meet with the Mexican president so you know we'll wait and see and, and things will uh, and I agree developing. I agree with Tony that, that there has been some substantive things done the problem is that you have a president who I think is is losing control and people are jumping off the ship. And well, how do Democrats look at all of this? I will say Democrats year? have always taken comfort in the fact that you had two generals closely involved, you know, General Kelly, General McMaster, and if, if things hit the fan, then everyone kind of felt like somebody, some adult would be in charge, whether it's foreign policy, domestic policy, and it seems like that might be changing. And I have heard within the conservative movement that when staff does turn over, usually in a presidential administration, people become more professionalized, more talented, and now you're having people drift more toward the um, zealot side of the extreme and or more toward the mediocrity, um, uh, more toward, uh, I would say, less talent in terms of who he might be able to attract to his team. Look at Gary Cohn. I mean, the guy, exactly. for, for better or for worse, was a top CEO of Goldman Sachs, which, which Trump, you know, belittled before, before he became Regarded president. as somewhat of a moderating force. Yeah, in the, in and he lost out on a major policy argument to a third-rank, third-rate bureaucrat in the White House over tariffs and things like and that. And on this tariff issue, uh, still waiting to see how all of it shakes out. The president uh, announcing some of those details uh, on Thursday. We heard from Senator Donnelly earlier, uh, not entirely opposed to the entire idea, but a number of Indiana Republicans have expressed concerns. And, and interesting to note, one of the biggest champions of free trade in Indiana at one time was then-Congressman Mike Pence, uh, who's now in kind of an interesting spot again on this, uh, on this tariff issue. He's always in a tough spot, but he handles himself very well. At the Gridiron Dinner uh, earlier this week, I think it was, uh, Trump even uh, stood there and said, 
you know, Mike, Mike is a great straight man. And then he turns to Karen and says, he really is straight. I mean, he's really, really straight. I mean, he was joking, and Pence took it pretty well. But um, that's, that's Pence's job, is to be the straight man. This is another example of the president holding true to his campaign promises. He's Something talked he about said this a lot for years. He's, he's worked on this through, through day one of the administration going into office. This is something that's been a major problem for the American worker, for our trade policy we've been taken advantage of by China, by, by others, several others, European but he clearly countries has as not, well. But he clearly has not just boarded out the economics that are baked into this. I mean, he's talking about exceptions for Canada. He's talking about last-minute changes. Well, what could that mean for the average for certain. person, I guess, in India well, and, and elsewhere? Europe, I mean, that's Europe is going to put um, uh, tariffs on bananas and peanut butter. I don't know how they chose those two products. But that's going to cost American workers jobs for sure. I mean, there's always a balance in economic policy, and it's, it's like pushing a balloon, right? And you can't just push a balloon and think we, there's going to be we'll, no reaction. We'll have to wait and see how all this plays out. We're in the very first initial stages of it. It's about time that a president has finally uh, taken some action on these Our best issues. conservative economic minds, though, will tell you that nobody wins in a trade war. And Indiana's congressional delegation very much all over the map, quite literally, on this particular issue because there are some parts of the state, obviously the northwest part of the state, where they make a lot of steel. There are other parts of the state, uh, the automotive industry, which could be affected That's by right. all of this. Here's how the Indy Star's Gary Varvel drew up this tariff issue, essentially saying the president is uh, opening up uh, a can of worms here politically uh, on this issue. Is that how you see it? Absolutely, particularly because people aren't satisfied that the homework's been done, that this is a fully baked economic strategy ready to roll. And when you see people like Cohen and others like jumping ship, we see it reflecting the stock market. We see it reflecting just in our own decisions um, to invest. You can't make a decision, a major economic decision between the seventh hole and the eighth hole at Mar-a-Lago well, and expected to have any significant. This has uh, been well thought out and well planned for quite a while. I don't think so because, like I, I said just a few minutes ago, he's been talking about this really for for decades. I mean, when you would see him in interviews back in the 80s and 90s, he's always talked about how our country has been taken advantage of by these other countries. That's why we have these massive trade deficits with other other countries. It's he's finally doing something. Somebody is finally doing something about it. But he's been working on this since he got in office and talking about it through the campaign. There have been some reports behind the scenes. Uh, some people have suggested he put this out because of other controversies and wanted to move forward with this more quickly because of other things in the news to kind of turn the page and put the attention on, on another issue. And certainly a lot of things to keep our eyes on uh, this week in Washington, without a doubt. We're also following the race for U.S. Senate here in Indiana. Three Republicans with just two months left now until the crucial GOP primary to decide who takes on Joe Donnelly in the fall. And this week, a lot of talk and reaction to Todd Rokita's new campaign ad. The liberal elites disrespect our flag and the sacrifices of our soldiers. They riot in our streets and attack our police. It must stop. I'm Todd Rokita, and I'm running for Senate to fight the politically correct politicians. I'm pro-life, pro-gun, and pro-Trump. All right, so there's Rokita's new ad. A lot to unpack and talk about there in just a minute. Uh, Luke Messer also up on TV this weekend with uh, an ad we showed you recently featuring his daughters. There they are. And Mike Braun has now pulled that ad featuring the widow of the Uber driver who, along with a Colts player, was killed in a crash caused by an undocumented immigrant. Uh, guys, what do these ads in the race for Senate say about the candidates here in Indiana, do you think? Well, I think Rakita continues to try to be Mr. Mr. Trump. You know, who's closest to Trump? Is it Messer? Is it Rokita? 
as you know, the voting statistics show it's actually Bouchon and Brooks, you know, when it comes right down to but voting. But you had Colin Kaepernick in that ad, yeah, you had veterans true. in that ad, that's he was true. carrying a gun in that ad, he had and, a beer, and people had a are, Make America Great Again hat. Some of the, some of the uh, veterans are upset that he put what appears to be a video of a national cemetery, whether it's Arlington or not, I'm not sure. Mm -hmm. Um, they say you shouldn't use the deaths of soldiers in political uh, in political Your reactions. I, I think certainly he's trying to leverage drama, emotion, conflict, all of those things we see in the office of the president. Um, I think it smacks a little bit all three ads of desperation at this time. They are scrapping. They're all, you know, they feel that clock running down and they're going for the juggler. But there is a new poll out from Axios and Survey Monkey this week that shows several uh, incumbent Democrats losing in their home states, including Joe Donnelly, who in this poll trails uh, the generic Republican 51 to 45. What do you guys make of these numbers? Yeah, that, that says a lot, and it's actually what we the things that we've been talking about over the last several weeks and months. Uh, Donnelly's voting record, and, and he's getting hit by three candidates, three primary Republican candidates, and uh, uh, super PAC ads coming from out of state. So it's it's taking a toll on Donnelly. I think it'll continue. It doesn't look good for John Donnelly right now. I don't see Survey Monkey as being a scientific poll, like something from Public Opinion Strategies or Chris Matthews would be. So it probably has some validity, but but it, it's certainly not the uh, the foundational poll for this race at, okay. at all. So I think we also have to look at voter turnout. We keep talking about the polls. Right. Voter turnout is going to be special, yeah. different, and it'll be a remarkable election. That's a big question, no doubt. Some big issues at the State House this week as well. Indy's pothole problem is now leading to some bumps in the road on another issue altogether. This past week, lawmakers decided not to take a vote on a bill that would repeal the ban on light rail projects after an amendment was filed by Senator Mike Delf requiring Indianapolis officials to prove that the money wouldn't be needed to fill potholes instead. Democrats called the move partisan politics. Groups like the Indy Chamber said they wanted that light rail option back in the mix to try and land companies like Amazon. Indy Star columnist Tim Swearens, who you often see on this program, wrote this week that Mike Delf has, quote, run off the rails again. Tim wrote the light rail bill is now dead, and though Delf alone didn't kill it, his short-sighted posturing did speed its demise. What did you make of this situation? Well, Delph, you know, we've known Delph for 10 or 12 years now. It is what it is. He's not going to change. He, he looks for issues where he can, you know, hold a Sunday news conference or put out a press release and get you guys, frankly, to cover. That's what he's, he thrives on. Um, people also learn to kind of put him in his box and they know how much to pay attention to him and how much not to pay attention Quickly, to him. Quickly though, how important is transit to Amazon and, and trying to land Amazon here in Indy? Amazon or what might be our next Amazon something, it's all about infrastructure and we have frustrations just as drivers around the, the city, the state certainly, but if people can't get goods to market, if people can't move talent around where they need it to be, they're not going to come here. Okay, also at the State House, lawmakers try to work out a deal on the controversy over cannabis oil. The state Senate just approved a bill that would loosen restrictions on the sale of CBD oil, which is derived from cannabis. It allows Hoosiers to buy or sell CBD oil with 0.3% or less THC. But they're still trying to figure out a number of the key details and whether this bill can move forward, especially as it relates to the manufacturing of CBD oil. Stay tuned on that one in the coming days. Meantime, a tougher bill on abortion rules, now one step closer to becoming law. It would require medical providers to report more patient information to the state. Supporters say this bill is about patient safety. Opponents say it gives the government 
too much personal information. Right now, that bill is on its way to the governor. He has not said yet if he will sign it. More unlicensed teachers could soon be in your child's classroom. A bill now in conference committee would allow public schools to fill up to 10% of their teaching staffs with unlicensed teachers. Charter schools are already allowed to do this. If this passes, public schools could do it too to deal with the statewide teacher shortage. Our Trevor Shirley spoke with lawmakers on both sides of this issue. It's a small window to try to deal with the problem that we're having. So these are band-aids. They're not fixing the problem and they're not improving overall our educations. Just a few days left in this year's legislative session, wrapping up this coming Wednesday. Uh, what do you guys make of some of these issues in the news this final week of session? Representative Delaney is exactly right. This measure regarding teaching shortage is a Band-Aid. Our students in Indiana are falling grossly behind in SAT attainment, in credentialing, falling far behind their peers in other states, let alone other countries. We need to step up our game in terms of education, and now we're just uh, going to let anybody into the classroom. When it comes to education, I trust Bob Baining absolutely. When it comes to CBD oil, the bigger picture here is the legislature is siding with Eric Holcomb against Curtis Hill. And as we all know, a lot could happen in the final days of the session here, just a few days to go. Yeah, and big question, will they get done early? Uh, and will something on workforce development get done, uh, which is the governor's big push? We'll see. Right. We'll be watching for all of that in the coming days. Up next this Sunday in Focus, though, remembering a fallen sheriff's deputy from central Indiana. Stick around. We'll be right back after this. Our community, our state, and far beyond mourn the terrible loss of a hero. The governor speaking Friday at Deputy Jacob Pickett's funeral. A number of Indiana lawmakers there as well to remember the Boone County deputy who was shot and killed in the line of duty. We'll be right back. All right, let's wrap it up with this week's winners and losers. Tony, you're up first. Uh, winners, retiring legislators like Senator Long, Bill Friend, Kathy Richardson, Scott Pilot, so many that we've had the pleasure of working with. Into their final days uh, of their career in the yeah. legislature. I guess I'll just agree with Tony, too, and add Representative Linda Lawson, Representative Charlie Brown, and so many others that have really so put their heart and soul yeah. into our state. Mike? I have to say my winner this week is actually Al Hubbard, what I think is the most powerful Republican in the state of Indiana. He convinced IPS to uh, cancel, postpone, whatever word you want to right. use, or reschedule until they get their better hands around the, uh, the, the price of the referendum, the referendum more completely. And I think it'll be better for the taxpayers and ultimately better for IPS as well. All right, that'll wrap it up for this week. We'll see you again next Sunday in Focus. All right, talking more on our podcast uh, today uh, about the week that was in Washington, another wild week. Uh, some described it as chaotic. The president insisted in a tweet that there is not any chaos at the White House. Tony called it energetic, right? I think the president <laughs> used those words as well, right? He yeah. said uh, Gary Cohn yeah. is not leaving because there's chaos. Uh, it's just a, he, he said there's conflict, and the president yeah. said he likes to have uh, differing point of views. Uh, is that a healthy conflict in the White House right now, or is it extending into something that's uh, become a, a bit too bizarre? The people I talk to say it's becoming a bit too bizarre. There's, there's always, there's always, you know, uh, movement in the White House, in and out of the White House. That's natural. But I think when you look at Trump's inner circle, he's losing many of the people he really, really, really trusts. People like Hope, Hope Hicks. He, Steve Bannon's gone a few weeks ago. 
You got Gary Cohn. Uh, McMaster's said he's out the door pretty soon. Josh Rafael. I mean, next, yeah. it's it's not just one here and one there. That's the problem. What about um, the lawsuit th this week? The Stormy Daniels lawsuit seemed to be. Uh, in the news in a much more prominent way now that there is a lawsuit. It's not just a story, uh, a tabloid story. It's a story that there's actually a legal proceeding about. Um, how, how damaging might that be to, to the president? Uh, you know what? Uh, this will surprise you guys because it's, the media is playing it up so much, but I don't think to the general public folks really are um, worrying about it that much. I had... Uh, uh, a guy, a Comcast service uh, person, come to my house yesterday, and he saw that your Trump cable wasn't out this week of all weeks, was, was it? Out for oh, a couple wow. of days, <laughs> and he did a great job, and uh, and uh, was on time, and was very pleasant. Um, and this fixed the problem. brought to you by. Yeah, <laughs> but but uh, we started talking about politics, and he said, uh, you know, I got that Trump bonus. He said I got a thousand dollars, and I call it the Trump bonus. And then he went on to say how. Uh, uh, taxes took 40%, and so he's got 600, but he says, still the Trump bonus. He said, no other president's ever done that for me. That's the kind of thing that matters to people. No one comes to me and says, uh, you know, wherever I'm at during the day, at the State House or elsewhere, and says, hey, what's up with this Stormy Daniels? Hey, what's up with the Russian, you know, uh, the Russian uh, probe going on? Nobody says that, but people talk about that tax cut. They know that he's getting things done. Once in a while, they'll talk about other issues like, you know, defeating. Well, ISIS, like we said, kind of a lot of people have their minds made up, right? People like the president already, or, or they don't. And they, a lot of people had that opinion before the election, before he was inaugurated, and have stuck uh, with. Well, what was interesting, this guy, people, right? He didn't vote. He said his mom voted for Trump. He was an African American gentleman. He said he wasn't going to vote for Hillary. He wasn't sure about Trump. But um, right now, it sounded like he would vote for Trump. So are there, there, are there those on the other side that didn't really have an opinion of him or liked him who are starting to defect? Do you see signs of that uh, because of all of these controversies or not really here? Well, I think the Me Too movement is going to care. But yes, many people have already forgiven him for being a playboy for, you know, we already... Stories like that were not, already out there before Stormy Whether it's true or not, people, Daniels. yeah, the grabbing of the women and what have you. So that's been out there. What could happen is that if people see a legal opening to not honor their agreements of silence, there could be a snowball effect of more and more stories from more women like Stormy Daniels that now feel permission to talk because these their agreements weren't signed, they were between different parties, et cetera, et cetera. So um, might that make a difference? I'm not certain, but it might also box in our evangelicals and our um, the more, I would say, righteous wing of conservatives, well, who then really might have some extremely sordid details and a volume of them to, to, to rationalize. To your point, what do you think Mike and Karen Pence think of this situation? Oh, I think they're horrified. And I, and I, I know for a fact that Karen Pence is horrified. I haven't talked to the vice president about it, but they're, they're horrified because they are two fine people and they are stuck having to live this nightmare day in and day out. What's the next revelation going to be? You know, we sit here, we talk about, you know, how the news on Tuesday, the scandal on Tuesday, doesn't carry over to our show that we tape on Friday and our Sundays because between Tuesday and Friday there's, been, no, there's been another right. scandal. So yeah, I think I, I will agree with Tony and, and Christina that Americans, unfortunately, have become so used to politicians and their sexual escapades, whether it's 
John Kennedy, Lyndon Johnson, Bill Clinton, uh, Franklin oh, well, Roosevelt. Oh, was a press back in the day of JFK. Yeah, go, go way back. Yeah. But even here recently, you have the governor of Missouri tying up his girlfriend and taking pictures. You have the, the mayor of Nashville, the mayor of Nashville, Nashville resigned two days ago, and her bodyguard charged $11,000 in overtime to the mayor's office to sleep with her. So... They're, they're, oh, they're just saying another politician. There and that, another was, politician. that was the problem specifically for the mayor of Nashville legally, was that aspect of it. Are there aspects of this Stormy Daniels story that go beyond just an affair that could be problematic? Well, it, it comes down to two things. One is the legal questions that Christina said, and I'm not a lawyer, so I'm not going to try to weigh into those. But it really comes down to, in my opinion, does character matter anymore? And can you have one character in one part of your life and another character in another part of your life? Um, President Bush's former ethics czar, uh, uh, if you want to call him that, just said yesterday, he said the president takes ethics as seriously as he does his marriage vows. And I think that's important. Well, my question for you is when you're President Mike Pence's communications director, are you still going to return my texts? Or well, I'm like, just telling what? you, I, hey, okay. I've been a friend of Mike Pence. I'll be the okay. first to admit I've known Mike Pence for 30 years, and he's a fine guy, and Karen Pence is a fine woman. And I've never seen them do anything that I would be ashamed to call them my friend. No, they're both great people. But, you know, whenever you see Mike Pence, and I saw him at, in D.C. last week at the Indiana Society of Washington, D.C. dinner, I spoke to him briefly. And, you know, every time he is uh, touting the accomplishments of the president. He's been effusive in his praise. Yeah, and, and, he, and he's, he's done a great job as a partner to the president. And he does a great job of, of letting everyone know how hard this president is working for them. What it will matter to people... Are, uh, Throughout, you know, any time from the Parkland shooting on will be that shooting and the shootings preceding it and the work that this president and administration is doing. Um, just the other day, he met with industry leaders from, uh, for uh, video games because of the violence that kids are being exposed to. He's met with the NRA, but he's met with uh, families and, and law enforcement. And, and, you know, he's trying to get something done on that very important issue that matters, should matter more than anything else to us, because that's our kids. I've got kids. We worry about it every day now, and we shouldn't have to. Those are the kinds of things that are going to matter. A lot of issues in the news do get clouded out uh, by everything but else. If you bring it back to the big picture, Tony's right about a lot of the, the specific issue or anything, but if you bring it back to the big picture, what I worry about as a lifelong Republican is we are losing our young, not just physically in shootings and things like that, but politically. You mean within the party? Yeah, the Pew Research just came out this week. Sixty-five percent of millennials are against are against Trump. Um, you know, fifty-seven percent are going to vote Democrat. Um, you know, we we went in with Latinos from over forty percent with George Bush down to, with Romney, was it 22% or 28% or something like that? We're, we are losing the future. In, in 2016, we're better for President Trump than some had predicted or expected, but 2018 Absolutely. could be very telling. But even younger, and we are looking now at students in high school who are getting active, who care about issues, and they want to be part of this public conversation about policy, which is really unprecedented in re recent years. So I, I think both parties really need to... Um, address what the youth movement will 
uh, move toward what they want from us. And my regret over this session here in our Indiana General Assembly is that we're not talking about those very issues that Tony just described. You know, what's more important than protecting our children and public safety? And I would call this last session, you know, hashtag yawn. You know, we're worrying about <laughs> when you can buy alcohol and all these things that have been around yeah. forever, but we haven't made great strides on the issues that matter most. I mean, we, we outlawed eyeball or uh, tattooing your I eyeballs. Yeah. I mean, oh, another great state yeah, emergency yeah. here. Yeah. 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 I was going to make John Ruckelshaus my winner of the week for that. John Ruckelshaus, that's right. <laughs> you know, if you want to tattoo your eyeballs, that might be punishment <laughs> of its own. That I, is I don't a know. great way to wrap yeah. it up this week on the podcast. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you again next Sunday in Focus. <laughs>